My next guest is a Wall Street investment banker working in the Financial Institutions Group. Please welcome Desmond King. Desmond, how's it going? It's going. It's great. It's great. How's, how's everything with you? Hey, everything's good. Uh, hey, I want to want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. You know, happy to do this. Good. All right. So you know what? Let's jump right into it. Okay. What do you do? Yeah. So currently, I'm a second year investment banking associate at Credit Suisse in New York. I'm in the financial institutions group. I cover asset managers and insurance companies. And if you want to break down exactly like what we're doing on an everyday basis, it's really two things, right? For the most part, we're advising companies on raising capital, whether it's via the debt markets or the equity markets. And we're also advising them on M&A, so mergers and acquisitions. So whether they want to buy a company, sell part of their company, we're kind of advisors for them through that process. Okay. And so, and so it's broken down by industry. You're doing the financials and insurance companies. Those are your clients and you're Correct. advising them on whether they're acquiring or a company or being acquired yep. or any other type of capital raising situations. Now, with this also, what does it all entail? Are you creating valuation models for these companies and creating presentations? What all does that entail? Yeah, it's it's all that, right? So if you if you go back to like the very beginning, right, like a lot of times to start this relationship with these companies, we get a part of their credit facility. And so companies reach out like, hey, you want to be a part of this? We'll go to our committee and then we'll we'll give them money for the credit facility. And then it's like we want to issue debt to raise some capital. So we'll be part of that process. And then, OK, there may be equity, be a part of that process. And a lot of times it's presentations. It's going to committees in the beginning, right, to get approval. And then you can kind of pitch them on, you know, we've had this relationship. What do you guys think about buying this business? Right. So so I worked on the New York Life transaction and they were looking for a group benefits business, right? So we kind of pitched them on the idea of Cigna selling their group benefits business. This might not come back for a while. So, you know, maybe this is something you guys should look into. So we kind of pitched them those ideas. And it could be like, hey, you know, like you said, selling themselves, right? Selling a portion of their company. You know, we'll just pitch them on those different ideas. And so we create presentations, create financial models, and then we kind of get to the execution. You know, once we're mandated, once they actually say, hey, we're going to hire you, we kind of dig a little deeper, right? And we you know we'll do more models, more presentations, present to their board, present to different members of the management teams, just to kind of say, this is what we're going to do. We hired Credit Suisse, and let's go through with this kind of transaction. Nice. All right. So you mentioned a very large client. So you're presenting to their board and their management team. What type of training did you have to go through to be able to do this type of analysis and be able to present to board members and management of such large corporations? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So my background is in asset management. I worked at an asset management firm for about three and a half years, right? So I did fund accounting and pricing. So that was kind of like the base level for my financial knowledge. I ended up going to business school where I learned a lot more about finance and accounting that kind of prepared me for investment banking. But you find out really quick that investment banking is one of those careers where there's nothing that can really prepare you for the job. You kind of got to get thrown into the fire and see what happens. Right. And so it's all about getting those reps in. So I'll say most of the training I've received was just being on the job, going through reps, creating presentations, creating models, messing up, figuring out, you know, where I messed up, fixing mistakes. I'll say that's where I got like most of my training. They also bring training street, which is like a great group that kind of helps you as far as learning how to financial model. And so 
a mixture of all those things together really helped prepare me for Credit Suisse. Nice. All right. And now you talk about being thrown into the fire. What are the hours like for you? Oh, the hours are brutal, <laughs> right? So I would say when I started, it was really calm, right? Then after Labor Day, I was in the office by 10, and most days I'm leaving after 12 a.m. I've pulled all-nighters. I've done everything. I've worked Saturdays all day. I've worked Sundays all day. 100 hours a week, right? Like, it's simple oh, wow. as that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty brutal. But you get used to like, it flies by. The worst part of it is you don't have any, you're kind of just sitting around, you know, waiting for time to pass by. Mm. All right. So, wow. So you're now in this really fast paced environment. You're, you know, 100 hours per week and you're a Texas boy. You're coming from Texas. Yeah, so yeah. how is that transition like for you? How has that been? How was it for you? It's tough. It's tough. It's crazy because when I went to Rice for business school, I said, hey, I want to do energy investment banking because Rice is a machine for getting people into energy investment banking. It wasn't until I went on the week on Wall Street trek where I said, like, hey, you know, let's really pursue this New York thing. So then I started meeting bangers in New York and I started recruiting for New York, interviewing New York. And I was able to get an offer. I was able to get the offer for the internship in New York. And so I go there and it's like night and day. Texas is like so spread out. I'm seeing grass. I'm seeing trees. People are driving. Right. And then you go to New York and it's like it's nothing but the city. People are walking everywhere. You can take the train places. It's just night and day. And then when you go to like the living situation, right? Like Texas, everything's new. Everything's big. Everything's a lot cheaper than New York. It's like it's old. It's small. It's twice as expensive. But it, it was night and day. Like I, I walk to work every day, but yeah, it, it was night and day. Like it, it was tough to get used to. Yeah, I bet. Now for these deals, what's the time period like for these deals? How long does it take you to complete them? It depends. Um, it could take it could take six months. It could take over a year. Right. So I was fortunate enough to be on two live transactions when I started on the desk and New York Life. We announced that within. I don't know, within six months of starting the process, if you talk like from pitching to when it actually announced. And then I was on this other transaction that died and I was at the finish line in December. And I think that was around the sixth or seventh month mark. The deal died. It picks up a few months later and then actually just recently died in May of, of this year. So that's almost a year of working on it and nothing happening. Right. So it, it just ranges. It just depends. Like, you know, a lot of times the negotiation part of it can be tough and that can really slow down the process, which in my case is what happened. So. So that's interesting. Can you. Can you kind of summarize the uh, the cycle of the uh, transaction, like from the pitching and the negotiation all the way to the end of the deal of the transaction? Yeah, yeah definitely. So typically how it, how it happens is we pitch them on an idea. They decide whether or not they want to do it. They decide they want to do it. Then we're mandated, which means we're officially hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, for, this is for the buy side, which is the New York Live transaction. So then... The sales side team uploads all the documents. You go through the documents, you create your models, you do your valuation, and you decide on a first round bid. So let's say there's five companies, five companies put in their first round bid, and then let's say three are chosen to move on based on their bid. So then the second round starts, and it's kind of the same process. More documents are uploaded, you're able to do more modeling, get a better understanding of the company, and then at some point, there's going to be a management presentation. And so the sell side team is going to create a presentation to present to the different people involved, right? The different companies that are involved in this buy side process. So you go through that. Once again, stand the company, 
you put in your round two bids, you wait, and then hopefully, you know, you're chosen. And then once you're chosen, you announce the deal and then got to go through all the things you don't see, right? Like getting like the regulatory approvals and all those different things to actually close the transaction, which is the phase we're in for New York Live. So we announced in December, it's expected to close in September of this year. And so right now they're getting all the regulatory approvals and all those different things. Got it. All right. Thank you for that. Now, have you seen any of your deals in print, whether it's a newspaper or a, or a website? And yeah, if you have, explain that feeling. How was that, you know, the first time you saw it? You know, it's, it's amazing, right? Like, I, I can think of back when I worked at, like, Invesco and when I was an undergrad. It's like, it's, it's things that you never thought would happen. And so, like, they published a deal in the Wall Street Journal. You go on the New York Life website, the Signal website, and they have the press release for the deal. And you see, like, Credit Suisse advised New York Life. It's a feeling where you really just feel like you had an impact on the company, right? Which is one of the reasons why you get into it. It's like, this is why you put all those hours in, right? Mm-hmm. To like really change and help grow this company, which is what we did. So yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Like it's, it's nothing I could ever imagine. Mm. Now, now you say not, nothing you can ever imagine. You're a Wall Street investment banker at yep. one of the most prominent investment banking firms. Did you ever believe that this would happen, that you would be where you are right now? Definitely not. I mean, like I've, I'm from Houston, so I never thought I'd be going to New York. And I majored in finance for stability, right? I feel like, okay, no matter where you work, like everybody needs a finance or accounting guy, right? So that was my whole idea. Like, I just wanted to have a job. You know, I never really thought about the impact until I met people like you and the different mentors I've had to really say like, hey, like there's a lot more you can do in this industry. And so it really opened my mind to think like I could dream bigger and there's a lot more I can do. And so when I went to business school, which is something else I never thought I'd do, Right. I, I go to business school. I'm, I'm meeting all these people who want to be consultants at like the top firms and bankers at the top firms. And I'm like, hey, I'm here and I'm, I'm one of these people. It's just I feel like I'm a completely different person than I was 10 years ago whenever I graduated from undergrad. So it's mm. it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's great. Great to see. Great to see your growth now. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of touched on it, but can you talk about what a typical day for you would look like? You know, you kind of touched on the hours, but in general, what a typical day would look like for you? Yeah. So there's no typical day. I'll say no two days are the same, but I'll say for the most part, what happens is when I come to the office. I like to kind of read up on news, see what's going on in the markets, see what's going on in the industry. And then hopefully there's emails. And then from these emails, I kind of decide like, you know, how do I want to organize my day? So at any given time, you're typically on I'll say at least five projects at a time. And these projects can range from live M&A transactions, getting committee approval for debt capital markets or equity capital markets, maybe just working on different pitches, pitching M&A, pitching debt, pitching equity. And so it'll be a range of those different things. And so typically, you know, the live transaction takes priority. And so I usually do what I need to do for that project and then kind of figure out, okay, what's next for these different projects. But I'd say it's definitely a balancing act. Like I say, that's what I'm doing for the most part. But if we're talking about like what I'm using on a day-to-day basis, Thomson Reuters for research and a lot of PowerPoint and a lot of Excel work and more PowerPoint than anything. And that's the interesting thing about the job is when you're in finance, like, you know, you're going to work in Excel, but I never knew I'd spend as much time as I am in PowerPoint. That was the one skill like I really had to pick up during the internship was PowerPoint. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense with all the presentations you're doing. And then now, as far as monitoring the the markets and the industry, you mentioned Reuters. Is there anything else you're using to do that? So Reuters is good just because I'm able to access like the different research reports from all the large banks. 
But, you know, I'm also looking at Yahoo Finance. I'm also Googling kind of anywhere where I can just read the different articles and see what's going on. I think Reuters is good because you have a little bit of everything. And then we also have access to a Bloomberg terminal. And so I'll go there and I'll, I'll look at different information as far as like the insurance sector, the asset management sector, just in general, S&P 500 in general. Okay. Now, based on a lot of what you just said, seems like multitasking, PowerPoint, analytical skills, sure. communication, some of those are skills yeah. that you would need. But what skills or characteristics would you say are important to be successful in your line of business? Yeah. So definitely everything you said, but just to name it a few more, like I, I talk to people every day. And so what I like to see is people who are interested in the job. So there's, there's this intellectual curiosity of people just want to know more and you just kind of want to figure things out and you want to dig into different things. That's really important in this job because this is one of the few jobs where you'll actually run into a problem for the first time and nobody else on the floor has run into this problem, right? People are at the bank for 10 years and it's like, it's up to you to figure this problem out. Like this is one of the few industries like where that, that happens. And so you have to want to do that. You have to want to figure out like, hey, why is this going on and how can I fix this? So that's huge. They also teamwork. Like it's always, you're always working in teams. So you have to get along with others. Like, I mean, I'm working with these people 100 hours a week. I see these people more and I see my family and I see my girlfriend and I see like my closest friends. And so you got to really like the people that you're working with and you got to be able to work well with them. So I'll say like those are like two other things I think are really important on top of what you are. Yeah, that's good. That's great. I like that about the intellectual uh, curiosity as well. And it's something that you definitely have. I know that. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Now, so what steps did you take to get here? You mentioned going to business school, getting some of the experience in Invesco, but you're at one of the top Wall Street firms banking here with some of the top clients in the nation. So how did you get there? Yeah, man, just to be honest, man, I owe a lot to you. I owe a lot to the mentors that I've met along the way and just kind of people who are willing to talk to me. That was my first step. The first step is networking. And so I had to figure out, like, is this really something I want to pursue? I need to learn more because like you can Google all you want. But it's not until you really talk to somebody and really hear about a day in their life to really decide, yeah, I mean, that's something I could picture myself doing. And as a young African-American male at the time, I did not know a lot of bankers. So you were able to introduce me to a lot of bankers, and a lot of people on Wall Street that kind of said, hey, you know, this is what I do. You can do this, too. And that kind of sparked my interest. And then it was like, OK, well, I know I want to do investment banking. How do I get into investment banking? And typically for the associate role, which is where I was coming in. You typically have to go through the MBA process unless you're promoted as an analyst. And like typically analysts get in via the undergrad pool and do the internship. And so then I did pursue business school. And not only do you have to pursue business school, you got to pursue a top business school. Once again, like being a young African-American male, I didn't know many people who went to the top business schools. So, again, I was able to meet people like you and the different people that you introduced me to to kind of figure out, well, I know I want to get into banking. I know that's something I want to do. Now, what do I want to do for school? Where do I want to go? And so I figured out I wanted to go to Rice, a top program. And then once you get into business school, it's very structured. Like the banks come for info sessions. You learn about the bank. Then you split up into small groups. You talk to bankers. You get business cards. You reach out and you go on coffee chat. So I probably went on like at least 50 coffee chats with bankers individually. And after going on coffee chats or talking via the phone, you kind of decide, they well, they decide, hey, like, you know, we really got to know Desmond. He's going to drop for the first round interview. He's got a resume drop. Like, let's bring him in. And so... It's, I don't know, six months of coffee chats and info sessions. And then, you know, you do your resume drop in December. Then hopefully you're brought in for a first round. The first round is typically 30 minutes, pretty technical, but also behavioral. Then as long as you do well, you get invited to the second round, which is the super day. And the super day is when it's over at least a two hour period where you're meeting basically the, the entire group. And again, some technical questions, 
more behavioral to see if you could be a good fit. Then hopefully like after that's all that's said and done, you get your internship offer. But it doesn't stop there, right? Like then you get your internship offer and you, you have to work at the bank for 10 weeks and you're doing different projects and you're really showing like that you can do the job. And I think like what they want to see is that growth, right? And so you come in not knowing anything, but at the end of the internship, can I give you a task and can you run with it, right? Have you gotten better in Excel? Have you gotten better in PowerPoint? You know, are you asking questions along the way? Do you have an understanding of the bigger picture? Do you know why we're pitching the group benefits business to your life? Do you like, do you understand all these things? And then you'll have like a group project where you'll do like some kind of valuation work and present to some of the managing directors. But that's like the entire process for what I had to do to get my full-time offer. Nice, man. That was a great breakdown of the process. And it seemed like a lot of it is being a good fit and also the growth, your growth too. It seems like at a certain point, they know that everyone is intelligent and smart. Exactly. So like you said, you're working 100 hours with people right beside you. So yep. a lot of it is how, how good of a fit you are. Okay. Yeah, I think like the All best right. way to best way to put it is there's nothing that could get you in, but it's so competitive that a lot can keep you out. Right. So like that's the best way to describe how it is to get into banking. It's tough. It's tough. It's a grind, but it's possible anybody can do it. Like if I'm able to do it, like I definitely believe anybody can get in. Right. Because wow. I knew nothing about it coming in. Right. Wow. Well, good story. All right. So let me know, what do you love about what you do? You could see like the work you've done, like in the Wall Street Journal, right? That's nothing I could ever imagined. And then there's also this steep learning curve. Like, you know, you talk to managing directors and directors and they're learning stuff every day. So that's something that that's really I think is really important for my career growth is just constantly, you know, learning, constantly growing. And then like, you know, becoming an industry expert. I know insurance and asset management may not be the most interesting industries, but I'm learning so much about them that I'm slowly becoming like an expert on those industries. And I think that's something I wanted in finance in general. So those three things for sure. All right. Now, what about the flip side? What challenges are out there or obstacles out there for you? One is competitive, right? Like there's always somebody who wants to take your seat. There's people who are coming and going every day. So the, you constantly will lose mentors, but then, you know, they bring people in, you know, you gain mentors, right? So there's, there's a lot of turnover in the industry. Then the hours, you get used to them, but there's always, you, you wish you had a better lifestyle, right? You wish you could kind of, you know, go into the weekend and just make plans. Typically when you make plans, like sometimes they can get blown up, you know, working in investment banking. So I'll say those two things. But as you continue to work in investment banking and as you work your way up, you'll see that you have more free time. Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so what has been your most memorable moment so far? Yeah, that's easy. Definitely the New York Live transaction. Prior to that, I would definitely say getting the full-time offer just because, like, I never thought I'd work on Wall Street. But the New York Life transaction, I mean, people come in and they work for years without announcing a deal. And I was able to announce one within the first six months on the job and, like, really do a lot of work on the project. So by far, like, that's it. I mean, I went and bought the newspaper, right? And I plan, like, to get the articles framed just to kind of have that. So, yeah, it's definitely a New York Life transaction. That is awesome, man. Congrats on that. No, thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, hey, we're at the end of this interview, but first I'm going to ask some quick hitter questions for you for yeah, fun. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. let's do it. Can get to know you uh, better. But before that, is there anything that you want to add or anything you think I might have missed asking you? No, I just think it's one of those things. If you want to do investment banking, definitely talk to people. Definitely try to figure out if like, hey, is this something I really want to pursue? Um, I think it's some of the best experience you can get in a short period of time in finance, whether you want to be a lifer or not. And, you know, like I'm always happy to chat, always happy to help people, you know, any way I can. So, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to me, like with any questions or anything. 
All right, let's get to these quick hitter questions. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so first one, what's your favorite sports team? Favorite sports team easily. Houston Rockets. Yes. Good answer. All right. Favorite movie or show? Favorite show by far of all time is Martin. But right now, I really like like Insecure and Atlanta. Those are my current shows that I love. And uh, favorite movie, man, Love Jones. Okay. Yeah. Classic right there. All right. Favorite musical artist or group? Notorious B.I.G. by far. Easily. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot? That's a tough one. You know, I really like going to the Caribbean. You know, I like being on the beach. But one place that I've been to that I can actually see myself moving to is France. So I, I really like France. Mm-hmm. Nice. And favorite food or drink? Favorite drink? I like a gin and soda. Favorite food? You know, I have to say crab legs. Really anything seafood, whether it's shrimp, crab legs, lobster. You know, those are my go-tos anytime I'm going to like a nice restaurant so all right well hey man thanks a lot desmond this has been great is there any way that people can reach out to you ig or linkedin or anything definitely you can find me on linkedin desmond king d-s-m-u-n-d-k-n-g yeah and happy to connect anytime all right appreciate it and have a thanks good for having one me. Desmond. thanks a lot you know right, you too, man. thanks all right bye thank you everyone if you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.